Hey guys, Akil Stokes here, and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Romad and how it changed my outlook on trading forever. Maybe asking yourself, what exactly is ROMAD? And ROMAD stands for Return Over Maximum Drawdown. I'll read you a little bit from investopedia.com about what exactly this means. Return over maximum drawdown or the ROMAD is a risk adjusted return metric used as an alternative to say the Sharpe ratio. Return over maximum drawdown is used mainly when analyzing hedge funds. It can also be expressed as ROMAD equals portfolio return divided by maximum drawdown. Uh, the ROMAD is a nuanced way of looking at hedge fund performance or portfolio performance in general. Drawdown is the difference between a portfolio's point of maximum return, basically the high watermark is what they're referring to, and any subsequent low point of performance. Maximum drawdown, also called MAXDD or MDD, is the largest difference between the high point and the low point of your portfolio's performance. Maximum drawdown is becoming the preferred way of expressing the risk of a hedge fund for a uh, hedge fund portfolio for investors who believe um, that observed loss patterns over long periods of time are the best proxy for actual exposure. This is because these same investors believe hedge fund performance does not follow a normal distribution of returns. And we started talking about this in one of our live trading room conversations. I think we were, matter of fact, I got the question um, from a newer trader on the platform. We were talking about different metrics and, and, and someone was at, we were talking about choosing patterns to use for your trading portfolio and some of the metrics that we look at. And one guy was asking, you know, what is the minimum risk percentage or uh, minimum, excuse me, win percentage that you require? And we got into the whole conversation about Win percentage doesn't matter if you guys are new to the show. This is this has got to be one of the original episodes, probably like in the first 20. I had a very good podcast called Who Gives a Boop About Your Win Percentage? Um, but win percentage doesn't really matter all too much. It matters in the sense of kind of the, the psychological aspect and, and knowing where your, your boundaries and your limits are. But as far as measuring the performance, the the profitability of a said strategy or even a portfolio strategy, um, your win percentage doesn't really play that much of a role. So we kind of went into what other metrics should we be looking at and, and, and comparing them. And we got onto the subject of looking at equity curve and, and looking at max drawdown compared to your, your return on investment. And all of that fun stuff is kind of a, the overall way to judge the performance. And it reminded me of a quote that I had, and I ended up sharing it on social media. But the quote said, when managing money for others, my assumption was that in order to gain their business, I had to show them amazing returns. The truth was that in every meeting that I had with a serious investor, their only concern was my drawdown and my ability to keep it above a specific level. And... This was probably one of the most important moments in my trading career, right? Despite me being a 
professional trader, money manager, trading coach, someone that gets on podcasts and, and YouTube videos and teaches and, and, and spreads all of the, the the lessons that you guys need to hear. Um, I didn't always think this way. I, I started off really as someone who thought that Forex specifically, this is the reason I moved from stocks to Forex, um, or even stocks to kind of penny stocks, then the Forex, I thought it was not necessarily a, a get a get rich quick scheme in the sense that it was super easy for everyone and there was some secret, but um, I, I thought I'd be good. I, I had a very good experience in the stock market. I made a lot of money very quickly. Um, all of the stories I heard about the Forex market, this was kind of a, a newer market at the time and, and it was leveraged and it was 24 hours and there was all types of liquidity and, and, and whatnot. Um, I thought my returns would be very significant in a very short period of time. Now, I learned very quickly that I, I had no idea what I was referring to, um, but at the time, that's what I thought it would be. And even after getting better, even after kind of losing the idea that, hey, this would be easy to learn, I understand that it would take time to really develop as a trader. I still thought that, or at least my main goal was still to make as much money as possible. And I was going through my training courses and when I learned about money management strategies and, and, and the magic that they can do to your performance, it kind of just reinforced that idea like, man, I can be super aggressive and I can literally make 100% a year. And there were stats to back that up. So I ended up getting into money management because I wasn't funded enough myself to live off of trading. If you guys know my background story, I quit all three of my jobs to focus on trading because of the things I mentioned earlier. Um, and then I, you know, I, I realized kind of that it's not as easy as you think. You're not going to make as much as you can think, even though I thought I could make a lot. So I started looking into what business avenues I can go into and, and money management was the one that stood out to me. Now, if I could do it all over again, I'd take the prop firm route. I had no idea what a prop firm was back then, so it wasn't even on my radar. So as I'm preparing to get into money management, managing accounts for others, um, again, my thought process is that, hey, people are going to be intrigued by the biggest, bestest results, right? I see all these things on the internet about people making this many returns per year and selling their signal services. So, you know, in my mind, everyone thinks like that, right? If I show you, if I wow you with these numbers, these crazy returns, I'm going to get your business if I get your business and, you know, I get a piece of the pie when I make money off of it. And as I'm doing my pitch to all of these potential investors and, and, and not so much kind of the small fish, the small fish had a very similar mindset to me where they're wowed by the returns. Ooh, that's amazing. Um, but more so when I started pitching to real investors, people that have real money that have had real success in life, I, I, I very quickly learned that they did not care at all about how much money I could make them, right? The, the heart of my presentation was basically centered around this is how much money I can make you. Let me show you. Let me plug these numbers in and show and show you how much I can make you in five years with this amount of money, whatever I was trying to get from them, 100000 200000 something like that. Um, and I'd plug it in. I'd show them the spreadsheet. It'd pop out this big number. And I'd be like, yeah, give me my money, right? It didn't actually go like that. But in my head, that's how I, I visioned it. I was, you know, I was rehearsing and visualizing all this Tony Robbins stuff <laughs> um, at the time. Um, and it never went according to plan. And something I started doing after a, a, a million and two failed pitches 
is I started asking for feedback. Again, I don't know if it was a Tony Robbins book or, or someone else, but I, I basically learned like, hey, after every presentation, if you want to get better, because I wasn't sure if I was doing good or bad or why they were refusing me, um, ask for feedback. Ask, hey, you know, can you give me feedback on my presentation? Can you let me know, you know, what stood out? What was bad? What would you fix just so I can get better for the, the next one? I started making a habit of doing that, which is a, a really good habit, by the way. I, I recommend that in for any of you guys that do calls or, 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 or in business or even traders out there, we talk about accountability a lot. You know, uh, when you place a trade, we had a guy do that today in a live room where he says, hey, Kill, I got this trading idea. Can you just look at it and give me feedback? I, I think it's amazing if you just get consistent feedback, right? Whether it's positive, whether it's, I don't want to say negative, but whether it's positive or informative, I guess you can say, um, it's going to push you in the right direction. So I think that's a good habit for anyone. But I started getting feedback. And the feedback basically all centered around the same point, And it was, I don't really care how much you can make me, right? My goal is to just make more than what I can make if I just, you know, pump the money into the S&P or something like that. Um, it's good that you're making all of these high returns, but look at what it's costing me to get these returns. Look at what I have to risk. And, and I didn't even, I didn't even think about that part when I'm doing my money management. And with some of these kind of... Um, some of these kind of, um, uh, what's it called? I, I was these, these, these performance kind of projections that I was playing out, some of them had like 50% drawdowns. Because again, I was trying to get the maximum return as possible. So I, I can plug in the numbers and make a 200% return for the year. But there's going to be like a 50% drawdown because of some weird losses at the same time that will get you to there. Um, and again, in my mind, I'm like, well, who cares? You know, risk 50% to gain 200. That's a no brainer. Um, but, but to them, it was the most important thing. Conserving uh, that capital, right? Avoiding that risk, keeping it preferably single digits, um, but or low double digits, right? And it really adjusted the way I, I, I did my pitches, obviously, um, when I saw what mattered and what didn't matter. They, they'd rather have a much lower return if I can keep the drawdown lower than a higher return and, and have a higher drawdown. But it really changed the way that I thought about trading once I kind of returned to just trading for myself. And it really made me think about you know, when I'm developing strategies and testing strategies and making tweaks what my main goal is, right? And and I adjusted my thought process to my goal when I'm doing strategy development and building out all this stuff or even critiquing traders is not that, hey, does it make as much money as possible? But it's really looking at the bigger picture, that romad, right? How is it how much is it gonna cost me to make that return? Because at the end of the game, right, trading is all about really staying in the game. It's about compounding, right? It's about growing your money and it's about doing the same thing with more money and your percentage stays the same but it equates to a bigger monetary value because you know one percent off of ten thousand dollars is more than one percent off of a thousand dollars and if you can stay in the game and simply continue to create steady income you're going to increase your account size drastically just because of the nature of how compounding works but if you are taking massive hits during that period, it's going to have a significant effect. Not only is it going to slow down the rate in which you can compound, it's going to slow down the rate in which you can um, really implement your position sizing strategy if you have one, um, but you're only a few mistakes away from blowing your account, right? 
it's one thing to go through a, you know a, think about that think about a, what a 50 percent drawdown is you've lost half of your account if you do that twice you're basically done now i've shared the chart on social media many times yes it's not going to make sense here because this is audio platform but there's a great share i had by stephen burns where he shows the percentages of once you lose this much once you go into this much of a drawdown how much you actually have to produce to dig yourself out of a drawdown and the numbers will wow you right once you put yourself in a hole you have to work so much harder just to get out of the hole right not go past and, and continue to make profit just to kind of get back to break even um so it really kind of put the emphasis on the most important thing in trading is conservation of capital and one of the most important lessons that my trading coach and my trading mentor always taught me is he said akil you need two things you need a chip in a chair just like poker right as long as you have the chips you can play the game right as long as you have the chips you get a chair you get a seat at the table but once you don't you're kicked out and once you're kicked out you don't have an opportunity to make anything so conservation of capital don't go broke is the number one rule of trading second rule of trading don't go broke third rule of trading don't go broke Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you did, do me a favor, leave this podcast a rating and a review. Also, check me out on YouTube each and every week. I got a handful of videos for you. I've got the Trading Edge video over the weekend. I've got the Trading Coach podcast back on YouTube Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. I got the Tuesday midweek markup coming your way as well. And of course, on Thursdays, we have the Trader Coffee Break with Jason Greystone. So a lot's going on on YouTube. Just head over to youtube.com slash Stokes. Subscribe. Make sure that notification bell is hit. That way you don't miss my latest update.